Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am really excited. Glenn is excited because today we're talking about how you can not only make more money, but keep more money by having great retention within your business with a simple communication tactic that we call future casting. I actually just did a presentation on this to the Integra Project, Michael Goulden. So I'm super excited to talk about it. It's fresh in mind, but most importantly, my co-host, Glenn Owen. Glenn, how are you doing today? Lovely. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited for this topic. I think this is a game changer for a lot of people when it comes to retention and managing their business. It's actually really just an excellent framework for most people in most businesses, anyone who deals with people where there's long-term relationships. I'm really excited to get into future casting today. So long story short, if we think about businesses, you have three components to any business. If we jump right to it, you have marketing and advertising. With marketing and advertising, you will have ways that you are growing your audience and converting that audience into potential customers. This is a whole other conversation in itself, and it really comes down to messaging, consistency, time, and really using systems. I love it. Two, once you have marketing and messaging dialed in, you got to have some form of sales process. And learning about sales through Sandler, he has this great thing called pain funneling, which helps you learn about the real reason that someone's in front of you. And that's a very important thing because we need to understand why a prospect is going to give us money and become a customer and actually stick around with us as a client. And then number three is how do we work on retention and keeping people around? Because once you get a customer, it's way easier to keep someone around than to have them leave and get new customers. So if we want to increase retention, future casting is one very simple strategy to optimize the entire exercise experience. Glenn and I were just talking about this, that when you're personal training someone, if you've taken RTS through Tom Purvis, we have the experience and we have results. The experience comes down to everything involving you and the words you use. The results come from what you actually do to change the person in front of you. But part of that result is the perceived value of what the client gets. Not only does their shoulder feel better, but can they do more with their body? So with retention, as you can imagine, there's a ton to unpack here. We can do reassessments. We can do a lot of different technical things. But the simplest thing, and I'll let Glenn jump in to actually start this thing off a little bit as well, is have communication tactics in the middle of personal training sessions, rest periods, that are perfect strategic drops, client-defined, to help establish what you're doing right now and the value of it going forward. This is really where the education and the experience comes into play. If your clients are just doing exercises in the gym, even if they're helping them, they might not know on a cognitive level why this is going to benefit them and why that's going to help them. This is an excellent opportunity for you to educate them inside these sessions to provide them with more knowledge, thus more value in terms of why these things are going to benefit them so much. To give you an example, I have a client. Her name is, we'll call her uh, a CH. CH had a knee replacement and she wanted to go climbing uh, and hiking with her family in BC and she just got back and she was so proud of herself. She spent three hours uh, trekking through mountains less than six months after having a knee replacement. Well, through some of our sessions, we started working on her ankle doing dorsiflexion, the action of bringing the toes up closer towards the shins. And I could see a quizzical look on her face, looking at me being like, Glenn, why, you know, why are we doing this is what the look was saying. And so I read into that and I educated her on why we're doing this. Well, you see, CH, the reason we're doing this is because the ability for your ankle to dorsiflex and be able to pull towards the foot and the ankle is super important when you go upstairs and you climb higher terrains. If you don't have the active control in this position, your body is not going to be able to actually utilize your knee and your hip muscles as well as it could. You also might not be as balanced. So by working on these dorsiflexion muscles, getting them stronger, you're going to be able to climb more mountains, higher for longer, 
and really get the most out of your vacation experience. She was all in. And so this is where educating inside the sessions and explaining to your clients why you are doing certain things and how it's going to benefit them, what we call the features, benefits, and means. Here's the thing. Here's how it's going to benefit you. Here's what it means. is such an important part of running our sessions day to day. So what Glenn's talking about there is really educating how this thing fits in, which is point number one that we'll talk about today. How does this thing fit in? Now, I'm going to tell you the three points, and then we're going to add a bit of data here. So if you're just listening right now, quickly, one, how does this exercise fit into their world, right? If you're doing subtailor eversion to help someone's back problem, you need to be able to convey that quickly to a very quick thinker who wants to turn their mind off and wants a little bit of facts to validate why you are you, why they are with you. And you need someone who wants an explanation for someone who's more data checky. Two, intercession pain funneling. How are we collecting data to identify the needs of the individual today? And can we use that data, that information to validate the exercise selection that we're going to make? Three, what I'll call future casting short term. So like on a two week basis, how are we using this information to set up a two week to one month progression plan? And then future casting long term, how are we thinking about this for months and maybe even years? Now, Glenn did a great job with the educating how this fits in. If we talk about the pain funneling and checking in, client comes in. Let's say they come in and they've got a back problem and they just want to pick up their grandkids. We probably know for them that the back pain sucks, but way more importantly, they can't do the things that they like to do because of the back pain. So if we understand and they agree that they want to just get better at bending over and picking things up, and if they could pick things up and maybe they still fit their back, but they weren't limited by the sensations, that'd be great. So we can actually use that strategically to go, okay, great. Bend over, pick up. Is there a way that I can work on hip flexors that'll help this client bend over to a 90 degree hip flex position, get them actually going through those spinal motions, similar forces, but different and not hurt so much. You're performing right to left hip flexion on the Kaiser machine. Very quickly as we're doing this, you can do what Glenn did. You could educate them as to where this fits in and how this will help them bend over. Then two, very quickly, Glenn, from right to left, do you feel any differences? Are you aware of your back when you perform one side to the other? If you do, are you aware of it in one position over the other? Does this feel similar to how you perform bending over, picking up the grandkids? And does it feel the same? This little extra pain funneling helps to show that we're attentive to their needs and their values. We're aware of the exercise and the potential implications it may have on their back and give us strategic decisions to use our exercise science brain to change the exercise so it doesn't do that. Work through it if that's something you choose to do or move on to another exercise to achieve the same goal. You know what, Glenn? I'm sorry you're feeling your back. This Kaiser hip flexion machine is very, very good, but if you're feeling your back, it might be mitigating the results that we're looking for. So I'll tell you what, we're going to actually go over to the Nautilus hip extension machine and find a really strategic way to do hip flexion there and see if we can mitigate the back sensations, we can get the same results. Come with me. You're setting up a future as to what this thing does because it's going to help people hike on the hill. But you're also showing that you're attentive to the needs of the client. You know that they want to pick up the grandkids and you're 100% framing every exercise decision and switch, right, progress, regress, abort, modify. Tom Purvis, thank you. All around the needs of that client. I love it. It's great. Yeah, I think this is perhaps an important piece of this as well, which is oftentimes a lot of your clients, especially if they're big into exercise to begin with, they already have a lot of preconceived ideas and notions of what exercises and what they should be doing. I had a client start with me a couple weeks ago and he is uh, like a taller, bigger gentleman and he was having low back discomfort and he wanted to work on his exercise process and he wanted to see me once a month. And so I'm seeing him once a month and we were talking about the exercise he was doing for his lower back. And I said, tell me what you're doing. 
And he said, well, I'm doing uh, these like leg lifts where I'm lying on my front and bringing my, like, my legs up to work on my lower back. And then I'm also doing like cobras and everything he was doing kind of back extension orientated. And I had to take the time to explain to him and educate him and saying like, this stuff is great. I'm glad you're doing it. Here's how this spine thing works in this emergent behavior. Give him some different framework for it and then explain to him, here's some exercises we're going to do to improve the way your lower back feels. Let's add some uh, trunk flexion in here. Let's add a little bit of rotation stuff. And let's add some of these like side bending things. And because he understood and he got the education that he needed, and he understood that how this was going to help him with his back pain, he felt more comfortable pivoting away from what he was already doing. And this is something I think a lot of trainers have to overcome, is this idea that the clients already come in knowing what they need to be doing, yet that thing isn't working despite them doing it diligently. And so if you can educate appropriately based on the emotional pain they have tied to their physical discomfort, and you can show them how it's going to fit in and have them understand it, they're going to be bought in. And I think Brandon would agree that people that have seen a lot of different people and nothing else seems to work, and then you're the person they see, and you explain things differently, you do things differently, and they feel a lot better, even if it's in a short amount of time or even a couple months, but they feel way better than anyone else could have helped them make them feel, they're bought in for a long time. That is a huge long-term retention thing, especially for these people that have been through a lot of different practitioners to help them with the sensations in their body. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So let's, let's take this a little further, and I want to dive deeper into the future casting short-term and long-term. Because we have this interesting thing with personal training that if you're doing a one-on-one in-person business, we have one of two different types of sales cycles you were in. You're either in a closed sales cycle with an end contract, so 24 sessions twice a week, so at the end of that, you got to renew or not. Or you have an open-ended sales contract where people are seeing you regularly and it's just as open-ended relationship as to when things will end and or continue. I prefer to go that way and I have my own personal reasons why. Nonetheless, though, when we're thinking about short-term and long-term future casting, short-term, I always like to get people know when I'm giving them an exercise how this will affect them in a couple of weeks, right? We're doing this exercise to increase your finger flexion range of motion. And in two weeks, if you're consistent with it, we should see it be more than we started off today. The true key here, Glenn, for this exercise to be successful is consistency. And if you're consistent with it in two weeks, we should see a change. Now, this is great because you're setting up this expectation that they will get great results if they do this thing because they've already seen the changes. Their range of motion did increase, but you're setting it up in such a way that you're talking about how if they're consistent with it, the results will be there, which also means in two weeks that the results are not there and they weren't consistent, you get to have a conversation. Now, long-term future casting, I think, is far more important. I love talking about this because for me, I work with clients and they are concerned about how the pains are affecting them right now. And they're also concerned with aging. So I'll throw an idea there and I'd love to get some info from Glenn so we can stack this and make this quite robust. But I love to talk to people about what they're struggling with now and the implications of that years to come if they aren't consistent. So I've had a lot of conversations lately around posture. And a lot of people are doing the, the head forward posture, right? They got the this and the chin forward, right? The, Nice. You look good. Right. And they got this posture going on. And so they're like, well, how can I improve this? So I talk about a few different things and they go, I don't really feel a big change here. Say, listen, you haven't worked on these muscles that we're working on here really ever before. Here's the thing about the structural changes and Wolf's law. At this moment, your neck has already made some degenerative changes because of the way you have been sitting and performing weakness or family hereditary reasons. There could be a few others. This thing is going to go one of two directions. It's unlikely to stay the same. It'll likely improve if you're consistent with working on it, or it's going to continue to degenerate. So these exercises might be a little bit of extra work right now, 
But I can almost guarantee you if you're consistent, you're going to create the best case scenario for this thing. If you don't do these, this might go not great. Now, this is interesting because as much as I'm going a little negative here, bear with me, but I'm trying to share a few different lights here, is if we share something like that, and you've been working with someone for years, and a year goes by, and you've said something like that last year, and their neck did get a little bit worse. This brings up a validating where you can actually talk about them and be like, hey, you know what? Remember we talked about this a year ago? I think now's the time to really button up that consistency. It gives you a bit more evidence to move forward. Mm. What about you think? <laughs> I mean, I think the short of the long in this case is that especially for with clients that have pain and discomfort or they have concerns about quality of life in their later years and they're telling you about what their concerns are about five years from now, 10 years from now, you're just calling out and being honest with them and truthful in a, in best that you can, like a non-finger wagging, making them wrong kind of way about the ramifications of what's going on in their body. There are long-term ramifications to any kind of joint replacement, any kind of arthroscopic surgery, any kind of uh, rotator cuff or tenderness repair, joint reconstruction, whatever that might be. And if people are coming to see you, they probably already have a good idea that it's not really a short-term fix. They have to be working in it for a long time, but it really helps them understand the ramifications of what happens if they don't take care of it. I went with a client the other day on uh, last Wednesday actually to sit with him and talk to his surgeon because he was due to have a rotator cuff surgery on his left shoulder and his supraspinatus. And he was just unsure about if he needed the surgery and what it was going to entail and what to expect. And he asked me to come along to support him. I said, sure, I'll come by. And the surgeon just flat out told me, he's like, listen, if you don't get this rotator cuff pair repaired, it's going to put more tension and more strain on your other rotator cuff muscles. And then they're going to degenerate over time. And you might not feel it this year, but then two years from now, you might tear another muscle. Then three years from there, your joint might be in so much pain, you can't even use it anymore. Is that something that you want? Now, that's not me doing this future casting, but this is the surgeon doing the future casting almost for me and for my client in this case. Because now my client understands, because it's coming from a surgeon which is in the world of taking care of your body, considered the creme de la creme, especially as it comes to joint health, my client now really understands the importance of taking care of this thing and getting stronger. And so he sees me twice a week and he's got a surgery coming up in, um, in a month. And I said to him, I'm like, listen, you, do you want to get ahead of the shoulder thing? Do you really want to make sure this thing feels good? He said, yeah. I said, like, listen, I think leading up to the surgery, we're seeing each other twice a week right now. You're going to be off for a couple weeks after your surgery. And you're not going to be able to even move that shoulder for the following three months. Why don't you and I work together right now, get an extra session per week, really work on strengthening your neck muscles and your other muscles surrounding that shoulder. So it's going to recover quickly after surgery. And that way, if it recovers quickly after surgery, we can get to work on it getting it stronger so that by this time next year, you can go skiing again, not have to worry about it. He's like, that sounds like a great idea. Put me in for Wednesdays. I'm like, great. I'll see you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So this time he's like, sure, that's great. That's an example of future casting where now we're taking a look at what he wants to do in the next year and three months from now, which is go back to downhill skiing and talking about what we're going to do to get him there and the importance of all these different um, things and exercises and tissue continuum ideas, sorry, I'm losing my words, that are going on in his shoulder right now. And he is going to be so that now sees me for the next at least year and a bit to keep working on his shoulder because he's already bought into the process and he sees the long-term future of what happens if he does exercise, but then the possibilities for when he does exercise. 
I love that. I mean, honestly, as much as the surgeon doing that, it can be a bit of a scare tactic. If someone has enough wisdom and experience and they've seen it multiple times before, it really helps to validate a lot of conviction when they make a delivery like that. The thing that one of the best thing that's happened for me is working with so many clients for long periods of time and seeing people who are were 68 when they started with me and are 78 now, and they're just as good as they were 10 years ago, just with how confident they are, how consistent they are with exercise. So you can use those stories. Honestly, if you continue doing when you are right now at 65 years old, I've seen clients, many clients like you do this. If you consistently stay strong, you will not be limited by your age when you're 75. Things start to change around 75, but you will be way better off than all your contemporaries, future casting long-term, which is all very cool. So everyone, let's give you a little Cole's notes, and then we'll do our picks of the week. Intercession pain funneling. Learn as much as you can from that individual. Try and pull the teeth out to find out how they're feeling that day, how the exercise is making them feel, and make sure that things are going the direction that you want with them by learning about what their needs are. Two, educate them on the value of what this thing is going to do to fit in today. Where does this fit in with their body? Three, short-term future casting. How do we think about talking about this exercise and how it's going to benefit them in a couple weeks? And then three, future casting long-term. How do we think about six months to a year from now or even 10 years from now to, to set up reassessments and set up the value of your exercise? Practice peppering these in during rest periods, customize them for the individual, and I think that's super dandy. Like, like sugar candy. Ben, what's your pick of the week? I'm going to pick something totally different than I normally do. Uh, I never pick music, but there's a band I've been listening to called Corey Wong. And if anyone hasn't heard of him, you need to. It is like high-end fun techno funk. And I don't even, and I never recommend music because I listen to some pretty crazy stuff. But if anyone wants, everyone likes music and they like high-energy stuff, check out Corey Wong. I definitely recommend it. It just is inspiring, fun music uh, that is also just interesting. It's not just regular pop music. It's not just crazy math metal. It is like very engaging stuff. I just felt compelled to share that with everyone. I'm just loving it. Corey Wong, Spotify, Apple Music. Check him out. His top five singles are all just bangers. Glenn, what's your pick of the week? Fantastic. Uh, my pick of the week is Chris Voss. He is the formal, uh, former head of FBI uh, hostage negotiation. And I've been watching his masterclass and reading his book, uh, Never Split the Difference. And there is some absolute bangers in there in terms of information, just about how to handle difficult conversations and negotiations. But really a lot of the skills and tools and techniques that he uses are also fantastic in sales and relationship building. And one of the things that he points in his book very rightly so is that we're negotiating all the time, whether we're talking to our kids, whether we're speaking with clients, whether we are speaking to somebody uh, on the other end of the phone company because something doesn't seem right with our phone bill. Everything in life really is one long negotiation, and there's a lot of great skills in here to help navigate those conversations. One of my favorite things that he talks about is something called tactical empathy, which he describes as really just understanding the other side's point of view. And he says, if you can really understand the other side's point of view and really understand where they're coming from and what's important to them, what their needs are, their desires are, you can really come to uh, an understanding about how you can both engage in a win-win relationship or a win-win deal. And that's really what personal training is when you've got clients is you know you're there as a trainer and there's going to be a prospect in the client and they're exchanging their time and their money for your time and your expertise. And your job is to negotiate this relationship, assuming they become a client, they work with you every step of the way. And it's really just another example of future casting, except there's a whole bunch of techniques and tools that are really, really beneficial that I've never even heard of before. I've gone through a lot of different sales uh, techniques and um, courses myself. I read a lot of different books. There's a lot of really cool new stuff here. So Chris Foss, you can check him out on YouTube. I highly recommend the masterclass and his book, Never Split 
the difference. Awesome. I will definitely check that out. I haven't heard of him. His name sounds familiar, but I'm, that's awesome. Thank you yeah, for sharing that. Great. You really like it. Everyone, thank you so much for being here today. That's the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. Please try those four communication tactics. And if you're someone who wants to grow their in-person personal training business, let us know because we got some really cool stuff. Anyway, Glenn, thank you so much. It's great. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you guys real soon. Take care, everybody. Have a lovely one. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll do that one.